0: text prison story family salute y'all it's your boy Tim Snow back here with another one and this one gonna be a little bit different I promise but say it's real true facts and I've seen it with my own eyes y'all see everybody underestimates the LGBTQ community everybody thinks they're on the inside getting getting abused getting attacked and all that other stuff but in reality they got some gangsters too man it's unbelievable the number one leader of the LGBTQ car at Beaumont Medium. One of the most dangerous prisons in the damn country was from Galveston. No lie. It was Red from 53rd Street, Oleander Homes. Red was a gangster down here that had some type of change going. I'm not sure. I don't know what happened with Red, but Red literally moved to Dallas, Texas and started transforming into a woman. Taking hormones. He was growing. You know what I'm saying? Red was... Red, but Red was still gangster. One of the famous murder cases down here. I won't talk too much about it, but one of the men that was on the run for years moved to Dallas and was staying with Red. It Wasn't on no type of weirdo shit or nothing, Red said. It just was childhood friends and needed a place to stay. Red was serving 30 years. And the first time that I ever had any interaction with Red i couldn't believe it man and it was none of my doing but i was literally coming out the Chow hall with my partner rico from southwest houston Little rico man is the person that really taught me how to do fair time i ain't gonna lie man shout out to rico Rawls. i love you brother if you see this because i was overconfident when i got to the feds i thought these state bids had me ready for it but it didn't man rico had to grab me and teach me a lot of things and he did and I love him for it because there's a lot of men that'll just watch you fail and they'll take joy in watching you fail when Rico seen that big 60 on my back he said oh no this one is gonna make it and he was the guy the third day there that pulled me up and sat me in a chair and said come sit right here cuz and showed me that we didn't even have to sit in the day room no more we put the chair up top and sit on his his door deal with nobody man it was nice but the first time that we dealt with Red, me and Rico was coming out the child Hall together because we always walked together. A man from Louisiana walked dead up to Rico and said, yo, homie, I need a favor, man. Can you please come over here with me real quick while I talk to Red? And Rico was already in five years. He was used to this type of shit. So he said, yeah, all right, no problem. And I said, because what? He said, man, that's my homie. Man, listen, we're just going to go over there and listen. Listen don't say one fucking word no matter what happens and we'll walk off because that's what we're gonna do i say all right then i wasn't understanding why okay the politics in the prison are so tough that a man will not i repeat will not walk up to a lgbtq guy by himself and say anything never because rumors will start and they'll say oh he was over there saying this he was over there saying that so to even approach one you will bring your homie with you and it ain't out of fear or nothing it's out of respect for your other friends and the other people in the car so they know you ain't trying to touch that boy you got a problem with that boy or something like that you know what i mean so literally we were there as the witnesses and i wasn't even understanding at first and it was a pretty serious situation the man walked up to red kind of smiling like hey red what's up Red was all fucking seriousness. Red said, hey, man, we got to fix this goddamn situation right now. The guy said, I agree. I wasn't paying attention, but back behind Red was another LGBTQ person. It was somebody from El Paso, I think, that had just showed up. Had this long, curly, flowing hair. And was not... Oh, man, If I mean, ooh, man, made an ugly man so you can imagine the ugly woman he made, but he was all the way female. You know what I'm saying? Every way that he moved, every way that he acted, everything. Okay, so here's where I realized the situation is. Red said right away, pay attention, man. And he pointed at that fucking, at his friend. Red said, this girl right here has nothing for free, has nothing for sale. And nobody's going to take nothing from her either. And that's big facts. And then Red really looked over there and said, come here. And looked at that friend from El Paso and said, listen, you see this man right here? He said, yeah. He said, him and his friends, you will never again walk through where they sit. You never again will speak to them. Don't even look their direction. If they're watching TV, you go to the other one. They will not touch you but you will not mess with them and he said okay Red Red looked at the guy said is that enough he said yes it is and then Red said one more thing now why'd you grab the fucking door out of her hand like that man don't ever fucking touch my person again and the guy said hey Red man man, I didn't mean it man he was just on my cell and yanked it I didn't want him touching my door man I'm sorry he fucking apologized to Red he said I won't do that no more just tell him stay away from us Red said okay and we just all walked off and I'm like wow man wow did Red with the things just called shot oh yeah and I found out later that Red would pull that knife too it was crazy so listen as I was in there We already did the video with my brother Big C from Bay City, Texas. Salute to Big C. I love you, brother. But Big C was a barber in there. There were three barber chairs. Red was a barber, Big C was a barber, and there was a Houston Tongo glass barber that cut all the Mexicans. And I swear to God, C had his shit so locked in, making so much money on a contract with these guys, that he wouldn't cut anybody else's hair. Not even mine. I was literally having to get my shit cut in the dorm with a razor and comb. Okay, so... My chick is getting ready to come see me. She's right, and I'm talking to her, so I'm gonna be there Sunday, baby. And I got long, nasty-looking hair. Like I do now, because I'm working. And I'm not knowing what to do, man. If you walk inside of a visitation not looking right, it's disrespectful, man. It's disrespectful to the other people's family, to the men in there. Like, you want to come in there looking fly to show your family that you're okay man that's all it is and that everybody here we're okay you know so anyway literally i asked c c cuz what am i supposed to do man man i know you ain't gonna do it what if i can't get the one from the mexicans bro that ain't gonna work i say c cuz would i be bad wrong if i asked red to cut my hair and c looked at me and he laughed his motherfucking ass off. He say, cuz, if you get ready to cut your hair, I'm gonna fucking laugh my ass off the entire time you're getting cut. But ain't a motherfucking thing wrong with that dog. I'm gonna be standing there three feet away from you. And you better fucking, and you better believe, I won't let no rumors start, and we're gonna make sure ain't no funny business, cuz. I say man this is weird didn't want to do it literally needed my haircut so the next child i just walk up to red man they had a little two-man table and i say yo red what's up red gave me the worst look you ever said what man not even friendly i say red have you been getting any newspapers down there from galveston man he said yeah I said, with well, a name on them papers, man, that's me, bro. I'm the one sending the papers. I sent them down to Danny. We sent them down to uh, Mike, eBay, everybody, and then you get them last, I guess. That's what I told them to do. Red said, man, you told them to do that? Thank you, man. I was wondering why I'm even getting these fucking papers. And I said, honest to God, Red, it wasn't even me, bro. It was my grandmother. She's the one that paid for it. And she clearly said any human being from galveston texas can have this paper man she didn't say any man woman lgbt none of that brother she said any human being can have this paper if they're from galveston and she paid for it so i won't flex on you brother hell yeah you can have it and there was a time where they weren't even wanting to send it to him and i said man my grandma said send that you better send that so literally red said well, i mean what do you need what's up i said red man damn dog I said, my woman's coming to see me Sunday. Nobody will cut me. She won't even do it. Say so you want me to cut you? Like, Red was like, what the fuck? You want me to cut you? I said, man, I need you to, man. Nobody else will do it. My barber just got locked up. Red said, you come tomorrow at 7 a.m. Be there fucking, when that fucking door opens and watch what I do for you. I said, for real? Red said, hell Yeah. So, look, literally, the barbershop would have a big-ass line. Man, the barbers would come out and pick the men they wanted out the line. It didn't matter about the goddamn line. They were just hoping to get picked. Literally, there was about five LGBTQ people right there in line. Red looked at every one of them and said, Sorry, y'all. I'm finna cut this dude from Galveston's hair first, man. Y'all gotta wait. And they fucking got mad. Like, they were like, What? fuck you mean red red said hey man it's a Galveston thing sorry y'all like he was calling shots he didn't care so i was like wow man now while this is happening the other men around us are looking at me like what's up with this guy why the hell is he fixing to make red cut his hair they're not understanding that i don't give a fuck you know so listen then i'm fixing to have my witness right here next to us so there's no problem so literally when they open up the shop three men can come in and sit at the chair, three men can wait on the bench, there's six inmates, three barbers, they got razor blades, they can kill you in there if they want to, but literally I get in the chair, they got a boom box playing loud as hell, everybody's talking and shit, when I get in the chair, dead fucking silence falls, they turn the radio down, and everybody just wanted to hear what the fuck me and red was talking about and i was like wow this is fucking weird and shout out to red because listen red transformed right back to a dude on me man and was like what's up cuz man i know uh these fucking whole ass motherfuckers in here be rough on me but i i got 30 goddamn years for holding my mud cuz and these motherfuckers have these bitches told Fuck these motherfuckers. I got my goddamn knife and I'm here for 30 fucking years and nobody gonna do shit to me. And I appreciate you letting me cut your fucking hair, nigga. That's what he told me. And I say, Red, homie, man, it's all good. Baby, I just need my woman's coming. I love her and I don't want to look bad. And he said, I got you, man. And I say, well, how much do I owe you? Red said, not a goddamn thing. I'll see you later. And did some shit like that. (laughs) <laughs> he might have read and do nothing like that like he came back to a man for a minute When I got out the chair he went back to being himself And I literally got that haircut right there big C himself Listen to every single word he shut the fuck up didn't even let his customer talk Just for that fact And I got my damn haircut had the best visit ever And I didn't talk to Red no more That's how weird it was But they literally told me when the Mexicans jumped on me, Red pulled out that sword too and was ready to go to action. And them, told Red, man, we don't want your help, bro. Sorry. That's how it goes, man. So, you know, Red's somewhere in there doing 30 years, living a fucked up life. But holding it down for the people that are just like him. So, you know, it's big respect, man. And I just wanted to give y'all something a little different. Make sure y'all hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. All that stuff. It's Texas Prison Stories, Tim Snow.